0: the Retirement Domination Life After Work podcast with Tom Jacobs and Michelle McCormick.
1: So welcome to the podcast. Don't forget to leave a review and like and subscribe and tell us what you think. And uh, this is fun, Tom Jacobs, when we have community leaders coming in.
0: It is awesome.
1: And man, we got a heavyweight today. Oh, wow. Thanks. Wow. I thought I was losing. With, oh, you're talking about him. Um, the Chief Police, Grand Rapids City Chief Police, Eric Winstrom. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. we. Now, you've been here in West Michigan how long?
2: Since March 7th, 2022. So 19, 20
1: months-ish. And a little over a year and a half. It was an exhausting search. It was a really long... I know there were a lot of candidates for this gig. And you come to us from Chicago.
2: That's right. Yeah. I think there were 44 people that put in for it. So didn't look like the odds were good to begin with, but you had to hire somebody,
1: (laughs) so. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Really, because it was a long process to get somebody.
2: Yeah, long, a lot of interviews, a lot of uh, um, online, like Zoom interviews, and that ended up uh, the final three of us uh, were invited out to have six large panel interviews, different community members, business groups, um, nonprofits, city employees. And then the, the highlight of that at the end, it was uh, every, each one of us stood for 45 minutes in front of the city commission chambers and answered any public questions. So I think I fielded 18 questions in 45 minutes. I had the record of, of three, because I talked quickly. Perfect. Um, they got
1: to throw it, stuff that, at you. Yeah, it yeah, was great. Pretty, that's what it felt is like,
2: the yeah.
0: Police chief of Grand Rapids, I mean, is that a coveted job?
2: It sure, uh, well, it, it sure was when I was putting in for it. I don't know if...
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you had a rough beginning. Tell yeah. us about this. Yeah, this. rough beginning. Yeah, yeah, so
2: it's funny because uh, the finalists were me and a guy named uh, Jatiki Jackson from uh, who works a security uh, uh, executive for the NBA. So he's got a great job, but he wanted to get back in policing. He had been a Milwaukee police officer for years. And then Jim Blocker was the chief of Battle Creek. And we all really were excited about this job. And then... Um, 25 days into my tenure here, we had an officer-involved shooting where uh, one of my officers killed a Congolese uh, immigrant, uh, Congolese refugee, and that uh, became uh, a big story. Obviously, Ugh. not only in the Midwest, but it became a national story, and it's still still uh, uh, it, it's not concluded yet. You know, there's civil lawsuits going on, uh, criminal case, but um, I got messages, you know, from. From a lot of people that were involved in the initial search, like "Are you going to stay?" and of course, those guys are like, "Oh, it looks like we, you know, kind of made the right decision," you know, or "I'm glad it's you, not me," kind of thing. Not, right? The not, two not, other guys were making like, light of it, yeah. yeah but no, it, it, it was sure. a very, very dark time. Um, for I mean, I, my first 25 days here, it was people were inviting me places everybody wanted to meet. And, you know, I got invited to things like this. And it was, oh, what a great town. Everyone's so welcoming. And then my phone went dead. And it was like I had no friends. Uh-huh.
0: Um,
2: and I didn't know if I should unpack. And I think um, your
0: job, your profession is such a thankless job. I mean, people just don't realize what you guys <laughs> do every day. I mean, it's... Well, this city... So first though, of all, let me say thank you. Oh. Thank you.
2: Well, it's a it's an honor, and um, I know there's a, there's other jobs that you can find this much um, you know re- reward in, but I'm I've never worked in one. Um, I was a house painter when I was in college, and I would finish the end of the day, and you get a look at the house that you painted, and like oh I feel good because I did something. And this for me, going at, at home, going home after the end of a full day of policing, is like. Painted like a thousand houses. I made so many, so many wonderful differences in the world. You know, I mean, yeah, we have good days, we have bad days. I try not to have too, too bad of a day, but um, for me, at least, this job is one that I can uh, get so much out of and find, you know, Jeez. go home and be happy. with with uh, all the good that that I've done, and there's so many opportunities for that for police. So
1: when you get here and you're going through that in the first 25 days, and then this happens, are you yeah. thinking, "All right, family, pack it up." I mean, what are well, you? We th-
2: hadn't even unpacked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's so. Um, I had been through this in uh, Chicago. There was a young man uh, named Laquan McDonald, and I'm not saying they're they're uh, identical in every way, but I w- we had experienced in Chicago while I was in the administration there several very high profile. Uh, officer-involved shootings. And I saw how they played out, and I saw how devastating they can be on a police department and on a city. And um, a lot of times, too, like, for, for example, in that instance, my, my boss was fired. Just It was a political decision. Well, somebody's got to take the heat for this. And the officer got charged with, with murder. And I was working for a guy named, named Gary McCarthy at the time. He got fired, I think, kind of thinking, well, that'll t- take care of that. It, it didn't help. Um, And it was a very dark time in Chicago after that. And so having lived through a very high profile officer involved shooting, um, uh, which was uh, very controversial, I saw how bad it can go. And I really was, I mean, maybe, maybe I should go back to Chicago. Like, can I, uh, um, two here, my biggest fear was that, um, I knew from my experiences that now more than ever after that officer-involved shooting was the time we were going to need an engaged police department.
1: Yes, yes. We were going
2: to need officers <sighs> we that were... You,
1: we needed you guys, man.
2: We, we needed <laughs> a, yeah. And yeah. I didn't know who worked. I mean, I hadn't met the whole police department. I was so new. I tried to meet everybody, but I certainly didn't have enough time to evaluate how uh, how professional of a department they were. Um, some of the individuals I talked to when I got hired said that it was a, kind of a, a rogue department and not the most professional. But I'll tell you, they had a lot to be disgruntled about. Um, I was canceling days off left and right extending their hours forcing them to work you know protest line which is not a fun uh, not a fun job to have and they gave 110 percent everybody showed up for work no one was calling in sick. Um, they all stuck together, and they came out. One of the stories I like to tell is that we had eight very large protests in that uh, that brief period of time after I released the, the video. And if you remember back in 2020, we had riots for an incident that happened in Minnesota, mm-hmm. uh, the murder of George Floyd. And um, I knew that it was going to take a very professional, hardworking police department to avoid that same sort of outcome. And we got through every single protest. We didn't have one use of force. We didn't have one arrest. We didn't have any property damage. And it's a huge reason of that is just how professional the officers, how patient and mature and professional those officers acted out there for all those protests. They did a phenomenal job. So I I was blown away by how good of a police department we have. I think and we're getting better every day and um, I'd love to take credit for it, but there's just some (laughs) amazing people that work there.
1: I will tell you that watching that press conference with, uh, with the family, with the family and to you, had, you sat there with that family and you were so poised and you were actually uh, a voice of reason. It was impressive. I, I have to say, and I don't know if that's your Chicago experience or if that's just the, the guy that you are, but you really were like. It, and that's what we needed. The,
2: and the bottom line is, when you see something like that, and I saw that video three days after the incident because I didn't, ha- I had the body worn camera video, but I didn't have that cell phone video. And the state police were conducting the investigation, and it was totally independent, and we keep that line between us so that it's a, that in all of the, our officer involved shootings. So um, keep keep it very official. But they called and they said, "Hey, we think you might want to want to see this." So I drove over and I looked at it, and I I, I looked at it, and the. One conclusion that I was absolutely certain of was there was no way I could make it any better. I just knew my job was not to make it any worse. So everything uh. I did <laughs> was not because if we made it worse, it was going to be much, much, much worse. There was, I mean, I, uh, absolute tragedy. There's no way I. You mentioned uh, Patrick's family. Peter um, and other family members came to my office just a couple days at, after the shooting. And uh, sat up there and cried. I want to say they stayed probably for three hours, and P- Peter was crying, I was crying. It was there, there's wow. it was just a very very sad time, as I like to describe it, a progression of sadness. I that that day on the scene, it was raining, it was snowing, and there's a a, a body of a, a human life on the ground. Mm. That is just that's sad, no matter how how you do it. And then. You meet his family, and that's it. And you see, I, I met the I hadn't met uh, Chris Sure, the officer, until that day. I met the officer, and I knew things that him and his family are gonna start going through, that's sad. And then the reaction, once we saw that video and released it, the reaction from the city, had just a very depressing time. Um, I know in Chicago, after 2020, it really felt like, I'd, I'd, I lived on kind of a main street, and I saw there was a very large anti-police protest walking down the street of my house when I was coming home, and I was still in my uniform, and I'm um, certainly not shy, so I stood yeah. there as I walked by, and it was a lot of neighbors, kids that go to school with my kids, and it was probably the, the saddest day of my career. You put your heart and soul into, into something, and you love a city, and you feel like the whole city's gonna turn against you, and that's what I wanted to avoid. And
0: You know, everything um, happens for a reason, yeah. and I think maybe you were the right guy at the right time for the right city
2: well I, I, I like to try and see the positive of it but I know haven't made that connection you know I actually saw uh, Peter uh, Peter Luoya's uh, pastor Israel uh, last night I was at an event for uh, Congolese refugees Rwandan Eritrean refugees and um, uh, Israel was there and he came up to me and said I'm still praying for you uh, he's he's texted me now and then and he was there there the day we, we met um, it, so I I've made—that was, I think, the sixth time I've been in a a, a meeting of refugees, and a lot of times they they start out contentious, and they they want to talk about use of force, and they want to talk about uh, Patrick— uh, Getting killed, but then I'll stay for hours, and they want to talk about how do you get points off your license, and how do I get a driver's license, and <laughs> which you know yeah. they just, because ha, because just you're basic American questions, yeah, yeah. yeah. and we, and then they end up at the you know I've been invited to dinner, I've gone gone to dinner with See? them, and you just make the connection they're human. So I don't want to say that you know someone lost their life, and I don't want to say that that anything good really came of it, but it did create all these opportunities. I know the police department I don't think has ever been this connected
1: to the the refugee community of uh, of Africa. Um, Speaking but, of opportunities, what you did say prior to the podcast was people did not take that uh, incident as an opportunity for politicizing anything. I mean, they, yeah, if you look, uh, we got a, our mayor and it just was kind of a.
2: Yeah. As we as together. as I said, the, the police department, I didn't know the police department and how professional mm-hmm. they were and how how they would react. I also didn't know our city leaders. And so if you look to, like, for example, Minneapolis is the best example of that. That that city council took that uh, opportunity of George Floyd's murder to make it all about them and make it a political thing. And they voted to, you know, they, um, they went on record as saying, we want to uh, defund the police, if not abolish the police and this... Uh, Minneapolis murder rate doubled the first year. I think by now it's tripled. They had 36 downtown murders downtown uh, in Minneapolis
0: today is oh, a ghost town. They it destroyed and it's it,
2: horrible. Yeah, and uh, so you, you got to think. And who did that hurt? I don't know if it hurt the politicians or not, but it certainly hurt the city and those that they were ostensibly trying to advocate for. So I had that fear because I didn't know who was who the commissioners, who the mayor, who the rest of the city leaders were. That this could be somebody's political uh t- the time to use this as a you know a, a tragic incident someone lost their life and oh i'm going to use this for me and with bad results we saw a spike in violence which oftentimes city c city c after their police department is kind of seen as illegitimate wherever it is with baltimore or minneapolis right. all these high profile incidents but The city didn't do that. Everybody was extremely professional. You could tell they cared. They wanted safety for the city, and very it was very shortly after this incident. I went to a lot of very contentious meetings. I said yes to every meeting I was invited to. See, included getting getting yelled at. I mean, there were there were very large groups of. I I spent six hours um, at a at a church of uh, was a. Ostensibly uh, Congolese refugees, but there a lot of more people came, and it was just supposed to be for two hours, and there was a lot of screaming and yelling. But I just told them I was like, I'll stand here all day if if that's uh, gives you the opportunity to get your emotions out. Not a lot of questions, most mostly yelling. But yeah. at the end of it, there were handshakes and a little bit better understanding. So um, I was willing to do to do anything to be transparent to talk to the community. And um, the city commission, the mayor, the city manager, everyone, um, they did everything right. And they they were, um, you know, farsighted. They, I mean, thought about the Mm long-term effects of everything they did. They say don't make tra- don't make policy during you know during a crisis. That was because there were a lot of calls for at the city commission meetings, or a, a lot of calls, you know, demands that you make change this, uh, lock up the the firearms in the glove compartment, and um, you know get get rid of the police or have them some
0: crazy ideas Give you guys squirt guns exactly
2: right <laughs> yeah. yeah and then it, you know one day they're talking about this and then uh, I remember the the day of the Uvalde um, school shooting yeah that was a that was a, a big turnaround day because my office was flooded with calls of parents just saying hey are you gonna go in?" Cause if you'll recall that was a school shooting with the officers pretty much staged outside mm-hmm. while the shooting was still going on and I had calls are the are the police officers going to go in? I said yes. We're not locking our guns in the glove compartment. We will keep our guns with us. We are trained to go in, and and uh, we're going to keep doing that. So
1: wow, jeez.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, welcome yeah. to Grand Rapids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah what a kickoff.
1: <laughs> I know it. Um, yeah. We, uh, yeah, it's interesting. You know, we both grew up here. Tom and I both grew up here. This is our town. Uh, we know everything there is to know about Grand Rapids. And Tom uh, grew up with. Um, uh, I tell him a little bit your story and why you even have this company, so you guys can get to know each other. Yeah. Because I really, the story about your parents to me is just sure. I feel like you guys have a little bit in common.
0: Well, you know, the, the <laughs> we do have a lot in common. I mean, he yeah. protects the city, and I protect people's money. So oh, a, <laughs> boom! So, so, so they're really important. Bam! Yep, yep same <laughs> business. <laughs> <laughs> so largely, why why we started Jacob's Financial is just simply what happened to my mom and dad. Um, my folks, hardworking people, just like everyone listening to this podcast. Their priorities during the working years was just saving money and you know positioning themselves so they could have a great retirement my folks retired unlike anybody i've seen retire and what i mean they knew exactly what they wanted to do and the trips and the travel and the grandkids sure. and boy yeah. when they started their journey i mean it was just incredible well, then 2008 hit, and in a matter of six months, my mom and dad got absolutely wiped out. I mean, wow. they lost half of everything they'd saved for 42 years. Wow. So that started me on this journey of there's got to be a better way to protect those hard-earned assets. There's got to be a better a better idea than just putting it in the market and letting it ride. And we just simply believe as you get older, it's really important to take less risk because yeah. you have less time to recover. So. Yeah. um because of what happened to my mom and dad, uh, we started Jacobs Financial, and, and ever since then, that's really our mission is um, protecting what matters most. And for most people, as far as retirement goes, what matters is those assets they work so hard to save
1: so as so that's what tom does and that's how now you guys know each other look at that that's my favorite people. Nice and <laughs> yeah but eric i do have to tell you please chief that was disrespectful we should say no chief. Feel,
2: no you don't work for me you can call me whatever it, you want
1: really is that how yeah. how does it what's official like seriously most I,
2: people call me chief but um I, you and our friend you chief. can call me yeah yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah well this is the thing that i really if if you don't know uh and we, we've talked about your beginning here, but you are just like Tom. Tom's kind of an open – you lead with an open hand, too, and I like this. And what I mean by that is if people are curious, you'll sit for six hours in a meeting. Travis, who produces this show, he did a ride-along with – and you kind of – you'll let some people sometimes do a ride-along, or you let people inquire. They can come down. Uh, you're hiring cadets. All of it. to Explain this. Our,
2: so our profession historically has been kind of closed off. And yeah. And it's, a, it's a, one of these professions that well, I know best – so just do what I say. Yeah, I'm I'm the police expert here. So we're gonna do policing how I say because I'm the end. Uh, that's led to a lot of distrust, and I think it's helpful. Number one, being accessible to the to the media. Yeah, I try to say yes to every media interview that I can. Traditionally, you've heard uh, it's an open investigation. Everything's an open investigation, so we're not gonna talk about it. Well, investigations take a long time, so you could use that excuse for. You know, really, to be as untransparent as possible. But I think in 2023, you have to realize how important it, it is um for people to understand where it's uh, the police department's a very powerful department. I mean, we sure. can put handcuffs on people and put them put them in prison. We can use force. It's important to have that trust there. So, fix my
1: parking tickets.
2: Yeah, fix that. You can't we, though. Uh, yeah, but yeah well, I do well, have a lot. It's wink. another story. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> we, keep going. <laughs> Yeah, so it's being true. transparent is something that the profession hasn't always been good about. So, But what I found is that when you have somebody go for a ride along or when I sit with somebody and answer every question that they have, and a lot of times I'll say, that even with the um, the Patrick Luoya incident, I'll say, I will answer anything. And if I can't answer it, I'll tell you, I'll explain to you why I can't answer the question for legal reasons or whatever. But that's helpful because sometimes it's just a matter of misunderstanding. Anybody that owns a TV or, or has access to the Internet pretty much thinks, I know how to be the, be the police. Yep. I know how to do that job. And then so sitting in that police car uh, for eight hours, even just a few hours, can be very eye-opening. And then you realize,
1: oh, there's a lot more to this. There was a chase uh during his ride-along. Seriously, yeah. there was a, like, they're like, stay with the vehicle. Like, he wanted to, you know, he wanted more. And they put him in a, they put up a little extender. We tease him. No, on his vest, they gave him a Kevlar. They gave him a, is it Kevlar? Yeah, is that yeah, what we say? Yeah. They gave him a bulletproof vest. And uh, he asked a million questions. But the guy that he rode with was like, it was great. And, but there are <laughs> Chase and he was wanted to jump out of the car, but he he didn't. He go. I, f- I felt like Jason. and we're like, oh my lord.
0: You know one of the parallels with what what you would do and what what I do. There's a lot of misconceptions about retirement planning and a lot of questions and the fact that we try and also be transparent with our clients. Yeah, very direct. Answer their questions. Um, because I just see that there's so much noise, and people have heard the same stuff over and over, and they believe that to be the truth. And, you know, I hear things like everybody loses money sometimes, and it's just a paper loss, and the fees we're charging—that's just normal. Oh. They just need to be educated. It's, there's different things that you can do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you, if you use uh, common people speak, then people can understand. Amen, that's brother. It. That's, yeah. that's, it. that's that, it. That's it. I,
1: yeah. I, I had an appointment with a financial guy a couple of years ago, and I left there going. What and I? I was always tell Tom, I don't want Ugh, money stuff. Ugh, you do it, but then he dumb[s] it down for me. I mean, com- <laughs> or common people speaks common it people for speak. me. That's yeah. a better way to say. Yeah. And he'll say, and you get it when you do. Like I have a booklet that says, and really, it's quite elementary this booklet but I, that's what I need to make me feel better but okay. I want I, I just it, and it's trust and that's the other thing that is really important you have to trust the guy who's handling your money you have to trust the guy that's watching over your city I mean I I did not uh, I almost called the other day I had a noise at the house oh. I, yeah but I didn't but the times that I have I've called two times one guy was breaking into my car I thought I would chase him. It was four in the morning. I was getting ready to go to work. I work morning radio, as you guys know. And he, I, I decided that it was a good idea to kick open the door and go, you're messing with the wrong person. And the kid took off. And I thought, I almost chased him. I didn't. I know. But I, <laughs> look at his look. He's going, why did you open the door? So I did call. And I live in, on the north end of the city. About two and a half minutes an officer got good. there. I'm serious, and so it, it was great, and they were like, which way did they go? And that, and then when I hit a deer, I hit a deer on 31 going like 80. The guy's like, where'd it go? And I go, why do you want it for dinner? Like, he's like, are you okay? <laughs> but and my point being is um, the uh, the response time was great, the help, but, but okay. yeah, I don't even know what point I was making. I just wanted to tell you that you're doing a, that your I department I think the point that I want to make
0: is, you know, you hear all this negative yeah. stuff about the police. Um, yes. And here we got the chief of police sitting here in my conference room here. Um, He's here with an open hand. Um, He's here to share and to talk about what's happening in the city. And I just so appreciate that open, direct communication. That is awesome. And I am proud to have you as my chief of police. Oh, well, thank you very (laughs) much. That's outstanding. And
2: and I'm super happy to have opportunities like this. uh, because they they don't always come. It hasn't always been that that uh, someone would invite the pl- police chief to come sit down yeah. and have this conversation. Well, this so just it's proves that not
0: not every time you're in front of a microphone it's for a negative reason. Right. Um, yeah. No. Know, this is it goes both ways. Although, what are you doing with your pension? No. I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Thanks for joining here today. Will you come back like on another? Anytime.
2: Yeah. Invite. This is fun. You guys are fun. We'll see you Since. next week. All right. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I love it. Police Chief Eric Winstrom, if they want to hear. Oh, by the way, you're hiring cadets still. Do we want we're, to.
2: We're hiring um, cadets, which is uh, if you're in college and you want a side job and considering a career in law enforcement or a career in, uh even somewhat related to that, it's uh, we have a, a lot of individuals that end up. Being uh, cadets and, and or interns, as we call them, and then go into social work or something different altogether. But it it pays, and you can get a little experience uh, working at the front desk and and other opportunities in the police department. We're also hiring police officers. Uh, we have 24 vacancies. If you go to joingrpd.com, wow. yeah, um, you can see we will pay for you to go through the police academy. Um, we take lateral transfers if they're already certified. So. Getting those staffing numbers up, which we've seen increase. How many increase. officers do you have now? We have uh, two. Let's see. We are budgeted for 304. We've got wow. two 80s of this morning.
0: Wow. I had no idea. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's but major. We And uh, back in the year 2000, I want to say, they, they had 396. So and that's
0: just the Grand Rapids Deplete department yep. doesn't include Kent County doesn't nope, include Yeah, any just state Grand place. Rapids
2: just what yeah, we have over 400 employees. We have our own uh, 911 center. We have civilian uh, forensic staff. We have a, a lot big of big
0: operation. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah,
2: big operation, but we need more help. And uh, the city's growing. We're having that you know, amphitheater, the soccer stadium, yeah. a lot of more really residential excited. units. And we want to keep those response times down and service up. So hopefully, we can fill those vacancies.
1: So if you have a kid who's in college or somebody who wants to be a police officer, tell us the website again.
2: Join grpd.com. And on that website, you can check out the, check out the department. But you can also connect with a recruiter. You could sign up for a ride along to see if uh, policing's for you if you're not quite sure. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great, and actually, it's being updated tomorrow. Oh, great! Uh, November first, we have uh, all new recruitment videos, and so check it out.
1: Great! And if you uh, have a child and you're at the verge of retirement, it's JacobsFS.com. Jacob's you, oh, that's right. <laughs> Wait, I'll let you say that.
2: JacobsFS.com. Did I yeah, get it right? Oh, JacobsFS.com. Right. Thank you, that's Chief. It. Thanks, Chief. All right. Thank you so
0: much for having me. Subscribe to the Retirement Domination: Life After Work podcast. And leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. Jacobs Financial Services offers insurance and annuity products. All guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing company. We do not provide investment, tax, or legal advice and are not affiliated with any government agency.